The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. I remember this story as if it were happening in this very moment. Some of you may remember one of the former pastors of Trinity United Methodist Church, the Reverend James Thompson. His son, Matt, still lives in the area. Matt and I have talked about our understanding of his father, who was my first district superintendent, and as kind and compassionate a man and pastor that the Reverend James Thompson might be, I still remember the patch and the service bars that he had framed that showed that he was a sergeant in the United States Marine Corps. And as a district superintendent, sometimes he seemed more like that sergeant than he did a pastor. And I remember in my first appointment at Wheelock United Methodist Church, just after Holly and I were married, we were approaching an election year. And James Thompson said to me, Son, always keep politics and religion separate. And thus far I have. I've said one thing about politics in our world as a pastor. Make an informed and educated use of your responsibility to participate. Our gospel reading today challenges me a bit and might change that a little bit for me. In fact, I've got two more things to say about politics. (laughs) Don't get up and leave yet. Wait till I say it. (laughs) Politics are neither good nor bad. Politics are the process of gathered peoples working things out together. So we have international politics, we have governmental politics, we have corporate politics, people say we even have office politics and family politics, and sometimes we have church and congregational politics. People who are gathered together, who are concerned about the greater good, who are working things out together. Now, I realize that's an idealized view of politics. But if you don't mind letting me live in that mental utopia of my own mind, I would appreciate that. The second thing comes right from this passage, and it is this. All of the human politics in all the world cannot stop God's work of transforming people's lives through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. 
Let me say that again. All of the human politics in all the world, in all of the forms that we experience politics, cannot stop God's transforming work in the redemptive life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This encounter with the Pharisees has always thrown me off because I've always tried to keep things as far apart and separate as possible, and so I, I don't always know what to do when Jesus tells the Pharisees, go tell that fox. I'm going to do what I'm going to do today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I'll finish. Reading and studying this week reminded me that God's work will be accomplished regardless of what else all the rest of the world does. And the invitation of Christ for us as followers is to be a part of that redemptive work. But it remains an invitation that we have to answer. And then we come to the point of Jesus lamenting over Jerusalem. In, in other accounts, that is placed at the triumphal entry. In this account, it's early. As Luke tells the story, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how long have I wanted to gather you as a mother hen gathers her brood? Have you ever tried to gather little chicks in, 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 a, in, a, in a barnyard? They scatter like church people sometimes. <laughs> Was that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> they scatter. And so as Luke tells the story and comes to this point, Jesus' statement is a call to repentance rather than final judgment. It is a call to renewal rather than an end statement. It is an invitation to remain and re-engage fully in the work of Jesus Christ that is at hand. And he named that he would provide healing. He would provide wholeness on today and on tomorrow and on the next day. And in finishing his work with his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus gives that work to us, the church. On today and on tomorrow and on the next day. You see, God's passionate dream. God's, God's compassionate desire and God's bold determination is to gather God's people together. And transformation is necessary in that gathering. 
Because until any of us have reached the point that, that Wesley talked about as being perfected in love, that is, love is our only motive, the love of God and the love of God for others, then we're not yet completely transformed. And so as we gather, we gather to be reformed, to be reshaped into the image of Christ so that we can be transformative agents in this world. So you might say the politics, the process, the working out of discipleship is our yielding to God's work in our lives that we might be transformed. So what do we do? Well, Paul tells us our citizenship is in heaven. And it's from there we're expecting a Savior. And that He will transform our lives to be conformed to His life. And he says, stand firm in the Lord this way. Today's St. Patrick Day. I, 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 I don't recall seeing St. Patrick in, in our window of saints, but, but he evangelized Ireland. That means that, that he told the story of Jesus Christ to people in Ireland, people who had captured him as a boy and enslaved him. And he escaped and was compelled by the love of God to return to them and tell them about God's love. I've never been captured by anybody. I've never been enslaved by anybody. But I am amazed that St. Patrick wanted to go back and tell those same people who had caused him harm about God's love. And in that same time frame... From Ireland, St. Columba, who is pictured in our window, sailed with 12 others in, in a little coracle without a rudder and landed on the island of Iona and evangelized northern Scotland. That is the politics of being faithful followers of Jesus Christ, the process of our transformation leads us to share that same message that transforms us to share that message with others. And the last time I checked, there are a lot of people in Beaumont, Texas who don't yet know God's love in a way that have caused them to be engaged in this activity of transformation. And the real lament of Christ in this passage is Israel's passivity in the redemptive process of the whole world. You might say they were setting on the premises instead of standing on the promises. So what do we do? Stay the course. 
stay the course, keep the faith, stand firm, tell the story of God's love as it has changed your life. And when all of the politics of all of the world in every way, shape, and form that we encounter them go awry according to our desires, remember this from Teresa of Avila, let nothing disturb you, nothing alarm you. While all things fade away, God is unchanging. Be patient and you will gain everything, for with God in your heart, nothing is lacking. God meets your every need. On this second Sunday in Lent, as we engage in a time of self-examination and renewal, Jesus invites us to know in our bones and in our thoughts and in our words and in our actions that more than having faith, we are possessed by faith in Christ alone. Let's pray together. God, it's dangerous to talk about politics in church. But you invite us to this process of being transformed and engaging in our world, in every aspect of our lives, to bear witness to the transforming power of your love and grace. So move among us and convince us that we might yield to your work in our lives in order that we might reach others for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.